How are y'all this morning? Good. I'm Becky. I'm Byron's wife. If I know we have people around here that don't know who everybody is yet, but I'm Becky, Byron's wife, the pastor's wife. Although I don't like that name, but I'm Becky. <laughs> How about that? The Lord told me, I used to, you know, I went into this thing kicking and screaming. I really did 20-something years ago. <laughs> and, um, you know, that pastor's wife thing. And then one day I was at Jackie Rummage's house. I don't know why somebody introduced, I introduced myself as a pastor's wife. And when I was walking off, the Lord said, why do you call yourself that? That's not the label I'm giving you. Isn't that good? Because so, that's a label, and God doesn't really always want us to have those kinds of labels that put something on us, right? He wants us to be free, to be us. So, But anyway, I'm Becky. I am married to Byron, and um, we've been pastor in this church for, gosh, 23 years, and um, it's just been amazing to really watch what God's done here. And some of the stuff I'm going to talk about this morning is actually going to be reviewed for some of you old people that have been around for a long time. But, you know, there's always power in testimony, um, every time we do a newcomers, I'm the one that gives a little review our history. And it's really amazing that it has more effect on the people that have been here for a while because we just see how far God has brought us and what he's done with us. So it's, it's, really, it's really awesome. But I do have something um, that's cooking on me right now that I just want to release to you this morning. And, um, but I wanted to back up and just share some things God has done us in the past that really... I think, are key to what I think God is doing with us now. So, um, you know, Byron's been talking about the open heaven, and um, I just wanted to say this this morning when we were worshiping, because I'm just a, a little bit of a fanatical worshiper. I admit it. I can't help myself. I don't know. My parents were worshipers, and I just grew up. I just, it's just the day I walked in the church and they were singing choruses instead of hymns, I just lit up like a fire. And it's just I never stop. But, you know, the one thing Byron talked about, that door being open in heaven, you know, what was going on when that door was open? It was worship. Those words we were singing, every time you sing words, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, worthy, worthy, worthy. We're just joining in with heaven. That's what is happening, so that open door. So it really is key. I was just excited to hear. I'm not preaching on worship this morning, but I could. So I won't go far, but um, it's really key for us to understand how valuable worship is and how valuable it is for, because we already do live in in an open spiritual atmosphere because of what Christ has done on the cross. It's open and it's full access to heaven, the Father. And he is looking for true worshipers in the earth who will worship in spirit and in truth. It really is um, something that God has restored to the church, I believe, in this time in history is worship. And so I said it last week during worship that worship is really not at home. It can be meditation and it can be here meditation. But in a corporate setting, it's pretty active. When you look at the Psalms, it's an active act. Uh, David did meditate, but I don't see that you really see much of that in the corporate session. And I, I'm, I'm not putting any, I mean, you can, but when you come in corporately, it's so important that we all release what we have to give. Because even you'll notice when Ryan got people to stand up in the room at the end, did you notice what happened? The room went up. 
They just want to man up immediately. And I'm not saying that we don't really want people to have to sit or stand, whatever you want to do. We're free here. Seriously, freedom. But I'm just saying, every word that is uttered from your lips in worship, every hand that is lifted, every knee that is bowed, every dance that is danced, every song that is sung, every strum of the instrument, every key, every drum beat, the bass notes, it's all working together to bring glory to the Lamb with that open door that is in heaven. And it's really important that we, especially the last days, I'll tell you why, because when we come into corporate worship together, and listen, guys, I'm not talking about a band doing their thing. I'm talking about worship this morning. I'm talking about corporate worship, where the band is just a facilitator for the congregation to come together and release to the living God all that he is, he's worth it. He's just worth it. And so I'm just encouraging you this. I want to stoke that fire, because when we come together in that kind of power in unity, we are a terror. We terrorize the enemy. Because why did he fall from, why did Lucifer fall? It was over worship. It was over the whole issue of worship. And I just this morning just say, grab hold of that. I I just know that it's key. So it's really important what you do in this room on Sunday morning. It's really important what you do at home. But it's also really important. I mean, even just a simple act, if you just stand there and do this. If you just raise that little hand and worship, if that's all you can, you know, or just sing the songs or sing a spontaneous song to the Lord in these spontaneous, spontaneous moments, it, it just fuels the room. All of us together, we're, we're fueling the atmosphere of that open door in heaven, and we're joining in with that great cloud of witnesses. Amen? Okay. <laughs> So this is something that I've just been really um, thinking about is revival. And the revivals of history, you know, every time, this is what got me on it is, you know, this repent for the kingdoms at hand. Jesus came saying, repent, change the way you think. Okay, because that's really what it is. Repentance, the day you say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry I have acted that way. There is a shift in our thinking at that moment. We realize we're sinners, and our whole mind begins to shift because of repentance. So it really is a change in the way we think. It's not just getting, uh, so many people attach that to just getting forgiveness for your sin, and it's really way beyond that. And so the, you know, repent for the kingdom is in hand, it's in reach. And I think that attitude of always being willing to have our minds go in a a new direction that God is opening up for us in this season is key to keep moving on and journeying on in the Lord. It just is. It's part of our, of what our, we are as believers. And, um, I love this. I think I've shared this last Sunday after Byron shared, I've, uh, Tim Keller, I'm doing, I'm doing, I, I do devotionals. Like I pick out things. I don't go through the whole thing, but I like to do the lucky dip on them, but <laughs> this is one of those. <laughs> um, but this was really good. He, sa- he gave a, a scripture, Psalm 85, is 6 and 7. 
It says this, um, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. And so what he was saying that every time there's a revival, there's been a new sea. And it's really revival is we're seeing something new. I think that's pretty powerful. And I started thinking back through my own experiences in life of all the movements and things that I've, I've been a believer now since I was, really since I was nine years old. And I'll, I'll tell you my age, I'm 58. Since I was nine years old, that's when I was converted. And have lived through movements of the Lord. And I can say with every one of them, something changed and altered in me. There was a new seeing. And that is the thing with this open heaven that Byron is talking about when Jesus was baptized and the heavens were opened. You know, we really have access now fully to the things of God, but it does take our eyes being opened. I mean, think about it. I mean, Paul prayed for the Ephesians church that the eyes of our heart would be opened. We have that spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's because we just don't see it all yet. God is so vast and so big, and he's doing different things at different times. So until we're able to get our eyes open and see it, see, those revivals come from something someone was able to see. And that's um, really what I'm, I, I'm just is like, yeah, Lord, so we need more revival. Don't y'all think? More revivals, more awakenings, more movements, and more receiving because anytime, see, so you can't have it until you see it. You can't step into anything until you see it. You couldn't step into salvation. I couldn't step in until I really was able to see it. And, and, um, and that's what I wanted to just tell you a little bit. I wanted to go back just a little bit here of um, of revivals. And this is the thing about revivals is they are so, they're not like just something that just happens, bam, and then they go away. They Now, the wave will recede on a revival, but the revelation that we gained does not recede. We retain it. We keep it. And we act on it because if it's a real move of the Spirit, it is something that gets implanted in you and it has far-reaching effects for, for your whole life, really. That your whole life you're affected and I'm affected by those moves of God and things. God, we can have personal revivals or we can be caught up in, move, in worldwide moves of God. There, I mean, I know many people that are in personal revival. God's speaking something to them. And they begin to see something, so it creates a revival in them. And um, so I just wanted to quickly give you just a little bit of things of the past. You know, if you think about the revivals of the past, like the Reformation, that was a restoration of the personal gospel for believers. Think of that. Once a few people begin to have their eyes opened during the Reformation, and history is altered for forever. It's, it's, it's just pretty amazing how far-reaching it is. And then we have the Great Awakenings, you know, where the United States was really in a terrible place at that time, really darkness. Um, it was not good. And then a few men began to see things, began to preach it, preach hard. In fact, Jonathan Edwards, my husband's in his lineage of those preachers. It's amazing. There's hundreds of preachers, missionaries, all kinds in that lineage. You know, there was just a fiery thing that came on the preaching, and America went into a revival in those times. So, you know, there was a new seeing of something. 
And then we have uh, Azusa Street. I mean, there's, there's tons of them. I can't go through all the revivals of history, but I'm just giving you a little thought here. Azusa Street, the Pentecostal movement. Where would we be without that? Many people, they begin to see and experience the move of the Holy Spirit. They begin to speak in tongues. That was beginning to be restored back to the church, something that was lost, the gifts of the Spirit. Many men and women were persecuted over the gifts of the Spirit and speaking in tongues for many, many years. All of those denominations that got birthed out of the Pentecostal Azusa Street ministry were persecuted. They were looked down on. Look what's happening now. That thing rolled right on in into the Jesus movement. It rolled right in the Jesus movement. There was a renewal of Jesus. It was just Jesus. And there was a powerful sanctification move on that Jesus movement that rolled right into the charismatic movement. See, all of that happening, gaining new sights, new seeing things that affected and altered history for forever. We're forever changed by these movements. And I'm so thankful that somebody was willing to see and open up their life and understand that these movements are so far-reaching and they alter history. And so when we talk about revival, we're not talking about just sitting in here and rolling in the floor and laughing and having meetings all night long, that, although that's wonderful. But revivals are always about bringing us into a new place, a new place of seeing, taking us higher, further in the kingdom, because we're all rolling toward the end of the age to fullness. And there are just layers and layers coming on these moves. And so that's why we do cry out for revival and awakening. It's really key. It's really key. But I think so many of us, and I do, I have been stuck with it. Like, well, you know, we've been there. We've done that. Yeah, we have been there and done that. But we have not lost a single effect of what God has done in us through movements. Man, I sometimes lately I've been thinking about the Jesus movement. That, that was the most powerful move I was, you know, I, I just, could, you could feel this wave coming in the, you know, late, late 60s, 70s. There was just a wave coming. People were getting saved like, it was like apples falling off trees. You just shake the tree and they just fall off. People getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit being raised Baptist my whole life, you know, and and, I, you know, just getting filled with the Spirit was just amazing. And then, you know, people like Keith Green, just this sanctifying thing on him. I mean, it was like, you know, what was happening in the Jesus movement, people were getting saved, and they were different. They were radically changed, changed in a moment, drugs falling off of them, immoral lifestyle just dropping off. It didn't take weeks and years of getting people free. It was just like changed. And I was thinking about my husband. Um, he, at the time, he was living an immoral lifestyle. He was into drugs. He was into alcohol. And he knew better, but he was caught up in all that stuff. And do you know what happened to him during that time? He was getting high and began reading the Bible out of nowhere. Like, you know, just reading the Bible. Then one day found him on the steps. This is interesting of this church that Ryan and Mary got married in. This is crazy. That's where Byron gave his life to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? He sat on the steps that day. You know, just he just had to surrender because the Holy Spirit... And the conviction on people was so strong during that season 
that it was just like you could not get away from the Lord. You just couldn't get away from him. You just could not. I was in high school and lost every single friend because I was so radically changed and filled with the Holy Spirit that I just I just couldn't keep walking with people I'd been walking with. I just started going to the library and praying. You know, it was just really amazing. But see, these effects, it's amazing. And that's, you know, being in Argentina, I shared last week with all of us old people down there. We were all saved in the Jesus movement. All of us still going after what God has for us in this season. And the effects, you see that, are still here. They're still upon us. What God has done in those past revivals, we are still living them and acting out the things of God. Isn't that powerful? It's really, really, it just is such an encouraging to, to think about that. And then Argentina, the Argentina, Toronto, and roll on into Bethel. What's happening with Bethel? All of this just kept, you see, it just keeps rolling. It's really, honestly, one thing. It's the spirit of the living God (laughs) doing what he wants to do in the seasons he wants to do it. And that's really what it is. And so you can really see there's similarities in much of it. But God is just, he's at work. And, you know, there's revivals even in other denominations. There's like... You know, Henry Blackaby's thing. That was a revival for the whole evangelical world where he began to preach to the evangelical world that you watch what God's doing and you join in with him. And that sparked revival in that whole evangelical world where they've seen so many churches planted, so much work done simply because somebody began to see something. That was a revival of seeing even there. And I just, I could go on a lot with Argentina. I love going to Argentina because it's, it's amazing. When we were, Byron and I, were, we were down there recently. We got to uh, be with a man who is well-known. He's a, pa- he's, most of the Argentines you see around here, he was their pastor. He's Pastor um, Hustug. <laughs> And Byron and I got a couple of hours with him, and this is amazing. So intercessors, I was going to share this with y'all, but I never have gotten to it, but it's really cool. So we sat with him, and uh, Lorena Fitzgerald, which is Luis Sosa's sister, was interpreting. She's a powerhouse herself. Um, she interpreted for me. I like her. I need to get her here interpreting. Y'all would like her. <laughs> She's amazing. But he shared with us this. He's 84 years old now. And I just want to tell you about the revival there, okay? He's 84, and when he was a young man, there were a group of intercessors that went to Buenos Aires, held themselves up in a basement for a week, interceding for Argentina, because at that point, it had really not been majorly evangelized. So they were praying for revival and awakening in Argentina. This is... They got caught up in the spirit. This is crazy. Okay, some of y'all, this is really crazy. Got caught up in the spirit together as intercessors and began flying all over the world in the spirit. And they would fly over these nations, and they could understand the languages, and they would pray for revival. Isn't this not amazing? And the thing, when I walked in that room with that man and he started sharing, I knew this is, I loved it thought we've been in the same river 
We've been in the same river revival with this man. I could sense it, that Holy Spirit realm. I knew we'd been in the same place. It was great. And he shared the story how they interceded well within us. I'm not sure what the time period was. There's actually, probably, I think, a book on all this. But there was a man from the United States named Tommy Hicks who the Lord told him to go to Argentina and to rent a stadium of 25,000 people. Now, mind you, Argentina is mainly Catholic at this point. And so that's, that would, that's just really way out there. And to even be able to, for them to let him rent a stadium and hold medium, meetings. Well, he got there. Got, he ended up having to meet with the president and ask permission to get that stadium. Well, the, the president, he noticed when he was, got to meet with the president, had severe eczema on his skin, and he prayed for him, and he got healed. <laughs> so he let him get stadium, okay, 20, 20, and he filled up stadium, healings, people getting healed. They began to stand outside, and he's telling us the story, people standing outside trying to get in because it's full. He, this man ends up with a stadium of 100,000 people in Argentina, people being healed, and that amazing? And so Argentina was evangelized after that. So now they're a revival nation. It's amazing. So anytime I'm there, I know I'm in revival world. And I, I just, just love what they released because actually John and Carol Arnott went to Argentina and got prayed for by some folks there that we know what happened in Toronto, worldwide revival. That has, it was word of mouth. Word of mouth, isn't this amazing? Never advertised. A congregation about our size got hit with revival in the Holy Spirit, and it went worldwide. Is this not amazing? Still effects of it. My daughter is sitting in a church that was planted by that, you know, Toronto. So, I, and we've certainly been impacted, but I, I find that all to be amazing that it just keeps rolling. So, but here's the thing I want to say to you is, River Life got, you know, has been impacted by revival really since almost the beginning. I, I look back, and the Lord began moving with us from the, from the get-go when Byron and I got here 23 years ago. And this is interesting. When we got here, this church was, um, it was really beginning, just beginning to really move in the things of the Spirit. What joined us up with the best group of people I mean, just heart for the Lord, heart to serve his kingdom, heart for missions, heart to just go wherever God wanted us to go. And the Lord began pouring out. Well, we had a major pour outpouring of the Holy Spirit around 2006, which we are forever impacted by. And you will probably hear us around here talking about the river. Well, there was a, the river of the Holy Spirit began just bursting through here like nobody's business. I mean, you couldn't sit in this room and not get impacted. But I, I'm realizing today that it was unto something. It really was unto something. We had such a good time for years, just rolling around on the floor, enjoying the presence. And we still do. We love the presence. We're still going after revival. We're not stopping. But I'm just saying that revival was unto something. And, it's, and this is what I'm seeing, okay, is I feel like what happened in there was the spirit of adoption got released majorly during those years at River Life. So many of us, let me give you that scripture here. 
Let me, John 14, 8 and 9. So Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father. Now Jesus had just said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He just said it. And this is what Philip says. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, show us the Father? And then I want to jump on down to verse 14. He goes on. They understand that he's telling them he's leaving, he's going away. And then he said to them uh, in verse 16, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. And I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So I'll tell you what happened during that time is many of us were on the floor, and the Holy Spirit was, I mean, this went on, listen, folks, this went on and on and on. This was nothing we conjured up. We just let it happen. But I'll tell you what happened is the spirit of, spirit of adoption hit us hard. And it was, we didn't even know what that was, but all we knew is our, our Father in Heaven wanted us to know who He was. It was, we had long lived our life not knowing that we had a Father in heaven who wanted to know that we're sons and daughters and that he wanted to fix everything inside of us that was hurt and broken. That's all I know. And that the thing that did that was the spirit of adoption. Let me give you Romans, my Roman scripture, 8, 14, and 15. So here's what was happening. The Holy Spirit was moving like mad. You know, and you just, you know it's the Holy Spirit, but here's what he was, this, this is what's so great. You understand this about the Holy Spirit with Romans 8, 14, and 15. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So I, we began, and I began to understand that really one of the major things that the Holy Spirit does for us is He connects us to the Father, whereby we cry, Abba. And you can talk to Him. There's a lot of preaching that goes on here around that. There's a lot of talk about it. It's because we're changed. It was a new seeing. We saw something. And I, I'll tell you, I'm forever changed because when you're raised under rules and regulations that you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to you got to please the Lord or you you know and you just you don't feel like you can be near the Father because you're not good enough. You know, when that gets broken off and you're just confident, you know, listen, Jesus was baptized in this. When he arrived on the scene, he had this dove, the Holy Spirit to rest on him. And the first thing that happens, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. If he needed that, we needed that. We had no idea. And neither did we realize that this was a major move of God going on all the, over all the earth. It wasn't just here. You just, but we just were tapping in. We were seeing it. It was a revival of seeing for us. And I just celebrate. I mean, to stand here and to know that you're a daughter of the king. 
to stand here and know that you're a son and that you were bought by the blood of Jesus and you've been given the Holy Spirit who tells you that. Whereby you, I cry, Abba. It's by the Holy Spirit living in us. That's so much of what the Holy His work is making us know that we're, we're no longer slaves. We're no longer have to live in fear. We're daughters and we're sons. So, here that leads me all up to this point, okay? I think all that has happened to say this. And this is where I am right now. That we've got a lost world out there that does not know their sons and daughters. And the Lord wants to call them home. I spent the day at Carowinds yesterday. Oh, you want to see some lost sons and daughters? <laughs> I mean, it was, it, it just breaks you. So many people looking for identity. So many. And we can't stay pent up in here anymore. Doing our thing. We have to tell them. It's not. See, we've long just wanted to go evangelize and get people forgiven for their sin. That's the beginning. It's just the beginning. We have many out there that are lost sons and daughters that need to come home. We need to tell them. They're sons. They're daughters. They're loved. They're loved by the Father. They have a heavenly daddy who wants to fix it all. He wants to take all that hurt, all that pain, all that brokenness, all that rejection, all the filth, all the nastiness that is upon them and take it off and clothe them in newness, clothe them with the, the newness of creation and bring us into identity bring us into sons and daughters to those who believed on him he gave the right to become sons and daughters all we have to do is get them to the place that they say I believe I believe I believe and this is the thing I love this this verse could you put that verse up, John one twelve? It's all right. Let me. I just quote it. Don't worry. Okay. It says, "But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name." Now I just think this: children of God, to those who would just believe in his name. All it takes is saying, "Hey, I, yeah." I do believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that He has paid for all this. And at that moment, a person can become who they really are. Authentic children of God. We're not calling them into religion. Guys, we're not calling them into that. We have to call them into true identity. And that's where the church has gone wrong. We want to call them in and start giving them the rules and the regulations and tell them they got to do this, they got to do that. The first step is getting them into the point where they know who they are. Every, let me just say this. When you come, when I, it has changed me. I was a mess before Honestly, I was following the Lord, but I was a mess. I was not in victory. I was not in victory at all. I was always struggling, trying to please the Lord. 
And so this is what I think the, the Lord is, he's taken, he's taken us to a place. I ordered this book called Holy Detox. It, it just said it right. I think the Lord wants us to get rid of our religion and get rid of our judgments, get rid of our criticisms, and see them out there the way he sees them. And he wants us to begin calling it. And this is what I think how he wants to do it, because we have to be authentic ourselves, our authentic selves. We can't be our authentic selves if we ourselves don't know the love of the Father, the acceptance of the Father, if we're not walking in that. And I, when we begin to walk in that, really, we can just become ourselves. Terry Manning, when Byron preached about this recently, she has said this every time we preach on the Father. I wish she were here today. Because she, you know, she, she had some deals the way she was raised up. She has a powerful testimony. And, you know, she had a father that had problems. And, but she one day had an encounter with the Father. And it changed her forever. She said, you know what it did for me, Becky? She says, it helped me just to become myself. Just to become myself. You know, and I, I, that's the way I feel. I just feel like I'm just, you know, and, it, and I think that's all God's ever really wanted for us. is just to be ourselves. He didn't want to save us and put a, a mask on us. He wanted to save us, fill us with his spirit. His spirit does the work. We just yield. We're yielders. He lives his life through us. That's the gospel. And it's really time for us to live our authentic lives so we can call others in. Seriously. It's just time. And, you know, and I, I love it. I, I'm just loving it now. I'm just, you know, I've been reaching out to people more than ever because I feel this so, I feel an urgency. I feel an urgency about evangelism right now. A real urgency. I feel, you know, and this is what I think. This is what I want to say at this point. Ephraim turned back. He was loaded with everything he needed. And he turned back in the day of battle. The church today is loaded with everything we need to evangelize the world. Because now we understand through these revivals and through seeing and the things that we've gotten in here, the love of the Father, the power of the Holy Spirit working through us, the grace of God working in us. We are equipped now to really bring the real gospel, the true gospel. Isn't that good? I want, and I want to just read you one more thing, and I'm going to stop. Um, I want to stop and give you this verse here. Well, it's not a verse. Okay. I just was looking over the definition of God's love, agape love. And I love it. Because think about it. God is love. It isn't that he does love. And I want to correct this. He doesn't look at us and love us only because the blood of Jesus is on us. He created us. That was just to get the separation between us because he so loved us. So here's agape love. It's not kindled by merit or worth of the object but originate from God's nature. It delights in giving. It keeps on loving even when the loved one is unresponsive, 
unkind, unlovable, unworthy. And it's a consuming passion for the well-being of others. And so that's why I say, you know, these revivals, I'm really seeing that God, we're, we're on a move, church. That these revivals have been moving us forward in time. Each time a new sea and a new revelation coming. And we need to keep praying for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to operate upon us. We really do. Because it is just, you know, because we're moving toward the, the harvest. There is a harvest that is a worldwide harvest. And do we want to harvest them in to something that is not real? You know, we want to bring them into what? The love of the Father, right? You know, the fellowship. And this is, you know, River Life, we stand. This is one of our things. It's, I forget where the verses always have to look it up. This is kind of what we our foundation is, where Paul commended the church to the love of the Father, the fellowship of the saints know jesus and it's power of the holy spirit that's what he commended one of the churches to and that's what we're carrying isn't that good and so i want you to stand up because i feel like this thing's really working on me right now i listened to keith green's song uh rushing wind the other day the girls were in the car with me and i was just torn up and they were going mimi what's wrong i just said you know this is just powerful oh terry's here (laughs) no i tell becky every time every time that byron preaches on the love of the father i said i don't know much but there was a point in my life i was saved but it was a bad low point and i was ready to leave my marriage and was not acting right and had given up on everything and given up on god And God came to me one day, and he said, he loved me most then, which was, it it just, it blew me away. But that was when he loved me the very, very most. And he told me, there's nothing you can ever do to make me love you more, and nothing you can ever do to make me love you less. And if you think about it, that's the way you are if you have children. No matter what they do, no matter how bad they're being, the love doesn't go away. You might be disappointed, but... It just, it really freed me to know that I couldn't run God off no matter what. I mean, I couldn't do it. He won't let me go no matter what. So just be you. He made you you. He made me me. I talk too much. I drive people crazy sometimes. Um, And I'm driving my husband crazy because I'm up here. He's like, I'm so shy. I would never do that. But, you know, if I can share that one thing, that you don't have to do a thing but be you. Amen. Here's what I want to do. Isn't that good? That's so good, Terry. I'm glad you were here. I didn't see you. Isn't that great? It's powerful. So Terry's been with us a really long time. So I really want those of you who really feel like you're carrying this, this thing of the love of the Father, you know, and that, that thing that, and you want to be able to release that. Because, you know, honestly, I'm preaching to y'all today. And I feel like also for the evangelists in the room, I want y'all up here, that you have a, you're burning, you're burning right now. I, mean, I want the burning on you, okay? And if, even if it's not in your evangelist, it might be good for you to pray for some people because that often will release it. 
But I just really want those. If I want you to come up, I just and I want people to come and get prayer. So come on if you feel like you really feel like you've gotten this thing of the love of the Father, and our ministry team can come on up too. But and I know, um, yeah, it's good. I know we got a lot of people up here. They're really walking in this, and then this evangelism. Okay, and I really want to do this. I really want the whole room to get prayed for. Okay. I, I think maybe even form a tunnel and not a fire. Let's form a tunnel. Well, no, I, you know, I changed my mind. I just, I want y'all to all touch them, you know, and if there's time to pray, do that. But I believe that God is calling his children home. He's calling, he's going after his sons and daughters out there and he's doing it through his love, his great love and through the spirit, his spirit of adoption and identity. So it's the best thing to be able to share that gospel with people. They just light up like Christmas trees when they really see what the gospel's about. And if you don't have that yourself, I want you to get prayed for. We need, you know, if Jesus needed this baptism, if Jesus needed this baptism, we need it. And it is a baptism. It's a baptism into the love of the Father, the acceptance of the Father. Yeah. So, Lord, I'm asking you in this room, why don't y'all come up and start getting prayer, and I'll pray as too as we're, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. It's really, um, and yeah, it's powerful. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we're asking you this morning to release the spirit of adoption in this room and that power evangelism. Spirit of adoption, power evangelism this morning, Lord. That's what we're asking you for, Father. Lord, we're, we're ready to see your sons and your daughters come home. We're ready to see your sons and your daughters called into the kingdom. Lord, we're ready to repent and see new things in your kingdom, Lord. Lord, so we can keep journeying on with you and your timing. Lord, we're asking you, Lord, to open up the eyes of our heart to see the spirit of wisdom and understanding, Lord God. We're just asking you for these things, Lord. Lord, where we're hurting inside, where we need deliverance, we're asking you to come and fix, come heal, Come, heal, Lord God. Pour out your spirit, Lord. We lift our cups up to you, Lord. We say fill them up, fresh with the Holy Spirit, who is the connection to your heart, Lord God. We're asking you, Lord, do your work. Do your work. Lord, revive. Revive us in the midst of the years, Lord. Lord, we're calling out. We're crying out to you, Lord. We're calling out. Jesus, you would baptize with the Holy Spirit.
overrun with fire. Lord, we're asking you to come. Fill us up, oh God. Fill us up, oh Lord. Spirit of adoption, invade this room this morning. Oh, invade this room, Lord. Bring us to the Father, Lord Jesus.